Good afternoon, thank you once again for joining me, Julian Campbell here and we're going to have fun, fun, fun as the Beach Boys have just said this afternoon, an interesting show lined up for you a bit later in the program we'll have a look at Christine, we'll ch- chat with Christina Sikiotis from Hunter TAFE, the project manager there of Create and Innovate we'll talk about selecting a think tank to help you solve some of your problems we're also talking with Tony Vidray from AV Chartered Accountants about uh, some of the pressure that's coming on tax agents at the moment but right now we're going to have a chat with John Woodward from Turnbull Hill Lawyers about effective business management in difficult times. Good afternoon, John. Good afternoon, Julian. Thanks once again for joining us. It's been a while since you've been on the show. It has been indeed. So, so, so most businesses are doing it tough at the moment, aren't they? Could, they is are. it going to get any better? They, well, they are doing it um, pretty tough, Julian. Um, only this morning I received... Uh, the latest figures from uh, the Australian Securities Investments Commission, which tell us that in the in uh, the last 12 months, ending December 2012, some 10,632 companies went into insolvent administration. Mm-hmm. So that's an average of 886 companies a month in Australia going into um, in administration. Now um, it seems that things are so pretty tough, as tough as they've ever been, really. And uh, there's not a lot of hope for 2013, according to these figures and according to the view expressed by by ASIC. Um, So I think things are going to be a little um, uh, quiet for a while in uh, business. And, um, And of course, in an election year, it always has an impact on business, doesn't it? And with that long period up to the election, business does tend to slow down a bit. Well, it does. It doesn't seem to matter much um, which political party um, is in power or whether there's a change of government. Things just do seem to get um, quiet in the lead-up period to uh, an election, and and I I guess this year will be no different from from others in that regard. So in this quieter time, is there something that businesses should be doing now? Look, Julian, I I think that the the winners um, in all of this will be those people who can... um, buckle down, take advantage of the quiet period to review their business practices, catch up on paperwork, um, have a look at their systems and uh, get out their employment contracts, see if things are up to date and in line with their current law, reflect on their employee arrangements and, uh, you know, check things like their OH&S plans, um, just making sure insurances are up to date and current um, and do a bit of an in-house audit and look at uh, keeping an eye on their costs, uh, capital expenses and so on, and um, and managing their cash flow, making sure that uh, they get paid. So, so you've mentioned cash flow and making sure they get paid. And, of course, when difficult times hit, that's when people do start to uh, become a little bit protract- protracted in payment. Um, is there anything that we can do to, to overcome that sort of thing, getting paid on time? There are simple things actually um, you'd be surprised to know um, even even in these days um, just uh, how many times people overlook the very basics in relation to uh, dealing with their customers um, and we find that people deal with them with uh, on the basis of large transactions some sometimes hundreds of thousands of dollars with with no more formality than a handshake mm. Um, you, you see examples of, of, of people who can't produce simple purchase orders or receipts or invoices um, evidencing you know, their terms of trade. Uh, they're un, unable to describe the most basic fundamentals of their transactions. They don't know who their customer is sometimes. 
you know. So we, we hear things, people say things like, look, I've been doing business with him for 10 years. Uh, I, you know, I thought I could trust him or I'm no good with paperwork. I just like to get in and get the job done. But these are the fundamentals of business and they're the things that without which you, you, you can't um, ensure that, that or, or even have reasonable prospects of getting paid. Um, in a tight economy, we find that, you know, it's the old friendships and lack of paperwork that come back to bite us. Um, that they're, they're the things that let us down and, and uh, really there's no shorter road to bankruptcy or insolvency than, than finding after you've spent a lot of time and money investing in the provision of um, goods or services for your clients, for your customers, um, that you're not going to get paid because of some procedural problem or difficulty with your paperwork. Yeah, it's it's amazing, isn't it, how the it handshake is. is still out there. Um, I know I've got a particular client who's always getting into trouble, and every time I turn around to him and say, well, have you got it in writing? And the answer is, well, no, uh, I thought it would all be okay. Yeah, that's right. And, yeah. and, and they're the problems that... That uh, that we find every day, every day we we, um, uh, we we receive inquiries from people who have those kinds of difficulties. And I mean, but even doing business with larger companies like you know the Ansett situation a few years ago, so you just don't know. Uh, you you need to have that sort of tight rope on your uh, outstanding debtors, don't you? Since since uh, the demise of companies like Ansett and HIH Insurance and Compass Airlines and uh, some of these others, um, OneTel, um, there's no company that's that's so big that you, you, you can't afford to have, make sure that your, your, your trading arrangements are in order. So, so is there some simple steps that uh, businesses can take? Well, there are, Julian. There um, Probably the first thing that people need to do is to make sure that they know who their customer is. It's a simple step. It's almost too obvious to be stated, but, but time and again people get it wrong. Um, you know, they need to know whether the person they're speaking to is an agent or an employee of the um, customer or whether the person is contracting with them in their own right. So that can normally be rectified simply by having... Um, a written agreement or an express statement about who it is that is the customer. Who am I providing this service for? Um, who am I, to whom am I supplying these goods? And I suppose that can be covered on a credit application or something like that, couldn't it? It can. It can indeed. Um, the second thing is um, you need to know what it is that you're providing, what goods or services you're providing to your customer. And again, that's a simple thing um, you know am I am I putting the motor vehicle in um, to have the problem repaired or am I just getting it serviced um, they're the sorts of simple things the confusion about those simple things and you hear arguments about you know um, from motor repairers or, or people who are in that business in that line of business saying well you know you put it in for service and I gave it a service if the if the rattle is still there that's your problem and mm. you get disputes around those kinds of things so mm. know exactly what it is that that uh, what the contract is what the terms of it are what are you doing you know what are you providing and finally the third point is um know exactly what it is uh, if you're a trader what you have to deliver and when you have to deliver it and when payment is due mm. and and stick to those things mm. um um, you know, it really comes down to, if you wrap those three things up into a bundle, um, just having your, your, your arrangements in place, you know, formalise the arrangements so that everybody's clear. It's a matter of communication. Everybody's clear on, on what's expected of them and um, that they comply with those arrangements. And then yeah. if they don't, then you've got some fairly firm guidelines to, um, 
on which to proceed. Proceed, yeah. Mm. Great. Well, thanks very much for your time, uh, John. Uh, good to That's chat right. with you again. We'll have a chat with you again soon. Thanks very much, Julian. Thank you. Okay. Bye-bye. Bye. John Woodward there from Turnbull Hill Lawyers. Yeah. There's a lot of things we can do in these difficult times, isn't there? And one of them is to get a handle on our credit management. And, of course, Turbo Hill lawyers do have free seminars from time to time. They've got one coming up on the 4th of March, effectively engaging your customer. So you can always give Turnbull Hills a ring to find out about that free seminar. Business, the law and you on 2NURFM 103.7, 23 minutes past one. Time to pop over to AV Chartered Accountants and have a chat with Tony Vidre. Good afternoon, Tony. Hi, Gillian. How are you? I'm very well, thank you. That's you sound good. like you've had a busy morning and you're rushing around there. Ah, yes, yeah. yes. Just trying to catch my breath. Well, well, I just, just caught the tail end of um, John's talk there. I think it's... It's very sage advice of, uh, of what he said about getting uh, getting documentation, documentation done. Yeah. I, I just, I'm amazed how many times people ask me, you know, or they come to me and they say, we've got a problem with this particular issue with this employer. My first question is, well, where, what, what's, what's the state manual about it? <laughs> what's, what's it say? Oh, we haven't got one. Yeah. Exactly <laughs> so, right. Yeah, very interesting. Yeah, and that one, job descriptions are the other one. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I hate, uh, I'll, I'll get on my soapbox, I hate job descriptions. <laughs> yeah, but it's, it, it's a useful tool if you do have a problem. It's a necessary evil. <laughs> as, the, as is tax, so uh, yes. we're talking about pressure on you today, pressure on tax agents. Uh, yeah, I understand, yeah. From Speaking the necessary, necessary evils of tax office, well, there... Just want to talk today about um, the pressure that the tax office are putting on tax agents and how that's in effect going to um, affect the mum and dads out there. Um, what they've done to us is in the last 12 months, uh, they're putting us on performance um, standards and they are requiring that we lodge 85% of our database um, on time. Because what actually happens is that if you lodge your return on your own, it's due by the 31st of October uh, last year, so we're talking right. about your yep. June 12 tax return. However, if you sit on a tax agent list, you actually enjoy an extension um, sometimes through all the way through until the 15th of May 2013. So you get quite a, uh, a long period of time. And, of course, it allows us to smooth out our, our workflows throughout yes, the, yes. Uh, the entire 12 months. Well, what they're saying to us now is, well, you must lodge 85% on time. So, of course, the accounts have gone back and said, well, uh, and, and I think the 85% is too high just quietly. But what will happen is that that uh, we will fill in forms and drop people off our list. And the tax office have actually facilitated that by giving us a bulk deletion form um, to fill in. And I thought, well, that's, that's going to have a very interesting flow and effect. So let's say that you're out there and you haven't lodged your return for the last four or five years, um, but the last time that you did lodge a return, you're sitting on a tax agent list. Um, I can assure you that you're going to be dropped off very, very quickly because your tax agent is not going to want his 85% um, criteria uh, muffed up by a recalcitrant yeah. <laughs> who, who hasn't lodged a return for quite a long time. So reading a lot of the, the blogs and speaking to a few accountants, uh, they're going to be uh, ruthless. If uh, we're taking a view in our office here that if uh, if the June 12 work for, for people that we've dealt with hasn't come in by around about the middle of April, we're going to have to make a pretty tough decision as to whether we leave them on our list and they can form part of the 15% uh, that uh, that doesn't get lodged or we're brutal and just basically say, no, um, we, we take them off the list. Now, yeah. the flow and consequence of this is that if you are taken off 
um, a tax agent list and you've been happily sitting on there for quite some time, your return is automatically backdated and, and required to be lodged by... October. The 31st of October. Yeah. And next week, um, because I'll be um, holidaying in Fiji, uh, one of my young uh, staff members who will be talking to you, he'll be talking to you about penalties and how they've just increased the penalties. I'll leave that talk for young Alexander yeah. to have a chat to you about next week. But they will hit you with penalties because you're you're now, what's that, uh, more than six months, yeah. almost six months um, overdue, and you'll be getting a correspondence direct to your home or PO box or whatever it is, and you'll be dealing with the tax office um, direct instead of having us as a mouthpiece uh, in between doing it on your behalf. So there is a real flow-on wow. effect that's going to happen to those who, who, um, who don't treat their uh, compliance issues seriously. It's the same old problem we were talking about with John Woodward, isn't it? Nobody wants to do the paperwork. Yeah. <laughs> oh, look, it's... Yeah, look, I, I think it's a discussion for another day, but I, um, I, I get on my soapbox about this, and, and it, is, it is a topic for a future yeah. um, day that you and I talk about, that, that people's um, behaviour doesn't change unless there's enough financial incentive to do or so. disincentive to change. And yeah. Anyway, that's, that's, that is a topic for a future day. All right, well, you're going to have a good week off, and we'll uh, have a chat with you in a fortnight's time. Okay, good on you. Thank you. Bye-bye. Cheers. Tony Vidre there from AV Chartered Accountants, helping us to understand how, how important it is. Are you on a list or not? Well, it's one thirty, and time to pop over to Christina Sikiotis on our Minute on Innovation. Good afternoon, Christina. Hi, Julian. How are you? I'm very well, and we're going to talk about selecting a think tank to help you solve your problems. We are, because um, think tanks, right, Julian? We've all read the press recently about the fears for the resource sector and the manufacturing sector, well, I'm going to refer again to a company that we've done some work with in Melbourne, Inventium, and they recently made reference to some research that came out of the University of Rotterdam, and that research recommends a recipe, and recipe is my word, not a, it's not an academic word, um, for a team that can get results when faced with hard challenges. They suggest that that team should be made up of a rather diverse group of people and they'd probably be hand-picked. That's to make sure that the group is diverse in their corporate knowledge, their experience, their opinions, and your group would also benefit, apparently, from having somebody present from outside your organisation. The real added value from the Rotterdam research comes, though, from the findings that the members in your think tank need to be able to see things from other people's perspectives. So the, the, the bit about the research and the study is that the creative output was much stronger when you had this diverse group of people happening. There was increased sharing of ideas and data and there was a greater willingness for collaboration and integration, probably because everybody felt they were contributing. So you need to have people with diverse knowledge who are willing to listen and who are em empathetic to the cause and to the, to the problem that's at hand. The other thing I'd like to mention too, Julian, though, is that the Victorian government has announced what they're calling an innovation skills voucher. So Victorian companies with under 200 employees can get 75% reimbursement of up to $10,000 worth of innovation training, which I think is absolutely fantastic, and maybe we can convince the New South Wales government to do the same. That would be good, wouldn't it? And it certainly uh, would. We've been talking a lot on this program today about uh, challenges in the difficult economy and uh, certainly finding ways, and, and obviously innovation is, is one of those tools for putting ourselves ahead. Yep, and just that, that whole attitude of creativity to problem solving. You know, people think creativity is, is related to arts only, um, but creativity is at the bottom of every process, really, that we go through. Yeah, our processes, our products, our, even our ways of dealing with customers. That's that, absolutely right. And I know we've spoken about customer service before, and uh, I still see a lot of poor stuff out there. 
I know. <laughs> Wouldn't it be lovely if we could move a magic wand? It would. Uh, well, thanks for your time. Have another good you. week, and we'll chat with you again next week. Okay, you too, Julian. Have thank a great you. week. Bye-bye. Bye. Christina Sikiotis there, Project Manager of Create and Innovate at Hunter TAFE, selecting that right team to help us solve our problems. And as she says there, sometimes it's good to go outside your normal square, find other people, other industries, and see if there's some solutions to those problems in other ways. Well, thank you for being with me for the last half hour. I hope you've enjoyed the program. We've looked at a, look at a few sad things, of course, of the difficult economy, but uh, there are ways around it, and uh, there are people doing a lot of good things out there, so let's all be one of them. Next week, we're going to talk with uh, uh, Carolyn Tate from Connect Marketing about the elevator speech. We're also talking in the world of tax with Alexander Gallimore from AV Chartered Accountants, as uh, Tony mentioned earlier there about uh, those increasing in penalties. And we'll also have that minute on innovation with Christina Sikiotis. I'd love your company again at the same time for business, the law and you. Until then, have a safe and prosperous week. And as General George Patton once said, Accept the challenges so that you can feel the exhilaration of victory.